Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Maximize your leadership potential and professional advancement and be inspired. We're delighted to be your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development from a women in business perspective. We share our original research, explore industry and workforce trends, and interview female executives, allies, and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things women in business, leadership challenges, talent management, organizational development, change management, and diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. In this WBIL podcast episode, Angela Schill and I talk with Dora Lopez about fostering a money mindset and leadership coaching. Lopez, welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Thank you, John. A pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you. We're joined by Angela Schill, and I'm John Westover. We'll be co-hosting today. It's a pleasure to meet, <clears throat> be meeting with Dora Lopez, and today we're going to be talking about fostering a money mindset and leadership coaching, particularly for women in leadership positions. Uh, as we get started, I wanted to share Dora's bio with everybody. Dora Lopez is from LA, California, and she's been in Utah since 2001. She has three boys, one on an LDS mission. She is currently branch manager for Zions Bank in Lehigh. She's also an entrepreneur, real estate investor, and a life coach. And I could say many more things about Dora, but <laughs> I'll pause there. Dora, anything you would like to add by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? No, I think that's perfect. Dora, you and I have had a chance to kind of talk a little as we were preparing for this. And I really, really am fascinated with kind of hearing how you got to where you are today and a little bit of the array of things that you do. You have a lot going on. And so I'm just curious if there's, if you can share with us your path to getting to where you are today. Oh, thank you, Angela. So uh, I'm where I'm at today because I, Throughout my whole entire life, I think since I was like, I want to believe seven years old or eight, I believed in opportunities. For some reason, um, I always knew that the path was always there for me and whatever I wanted to go. Um, From very young, I realized that any challenges I was going through, anything that was getting in the way that taught me a lesson was about that, teaching me a lesson to progress to understand that it was just a way for me to understand life. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the great moments were great. The bad ones were bad. But I feel like every child has a sense of protection, right? We kind of protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I come from a family that's uh, immigrated here in the 70s. My parents are from Mexico. And um, they don't speak English till this day. I will say it. They're still alive. So shame on them. <laughs> Just kidding. I love them. But something my dad always taught us, he was, 
you know, uh, in the labor field for working at factories in Los Angeles. Mm. And they were making like two to three dollars an hour, guys. Like, believe it or not, people survived with two to three dollars an hour. And we were six kids in California, (laughs) in California back then. We ended up um, living in the projects in Los Angeles um, for many years. And the reason why we started there was because I was the only a place where my dad could afford that had like four rooms and um, what he didn't realize was that he was getting us into a gang um, neighborhood where the gang and the drugs and the trafficking was real. We were little so he thought well god you know maybe you know we could survive this and we sure did. Um, I uh, My mom was an inspiration to me all my life. <clears throat> she just had a stroke seven years ago so it's really hard to get stories from her, but now my dad tells us a lot of things. And so he kind of stepped in for my mom in these past few years too. He's her caregiver. And um, so we learned like a lot of the stories that we didn't know from dad because he always worked when we were little. And, you know, he would tell us how um, you go into these projects and these gangs are dominating and they interview each family that goes in there and they just want to make sure that if you ever leave, you don't go out and you don't, you know, write a book about them. You don't tell anything about them. You don't call the police on them, right? You're just wow. super quiet about everything. My dad had to take that oath. Um, <clears throat> one thing that protected us was when they saw that we were all little, the, uh, the main gang member told my dad, you know, you need to move to another side of the projects where more of the families are and where you're at right now, it's very dangerous. This was like nightly helicopters coming in. The cops were always around. My dad was getting home late from work, you know, being questioned by the police or God knows he was going to make it to the door because there was, there was a lot of, you know, just violence. And so when uh, my dad moved us to the other side of the projects, um, it was a lot calmer. And when we finally moved out, when I was about maybe 10 years old, um, my dad you get an exit interview and my dad asked them you know why did you ever persuade my children to get into the gangs why did you leave us alone why did you protect us and he told us we we've always been from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints since we were born in los angeles and um he said i couldn't touch you guys i couldn't come to to know that i i would influence your children to the gangs or drugs or anything like that because your wife and you always took your kids to church. Every Sunday I saw them with their little dresses. We're five girls and one brother, you know, with their little dresses, with their little books, and they were going to church. And we knew you guys were going to church. We followed you guys. We knew where you were going in and out sometimes. <laughs> and so it was crazy. And um, so he said, that's why we couldn't touch you guys because you guys were good. You were a good family. And that always stuck to us. My dad told us that when we were older, I said, dad, that was a lot to take in. Like that was a lot for you to um, process. And he said, all I needed to know is that we were surviving. And I didn't realize that all my life I've been surviving living in Los Angeles. Many years ago in my twenties, I ended up in a chemical company in Los Angeles and uh, had the best time there. I spent there 10 years of my life. It molded me into the career woman I am today. We had a lot of customer service training. We had a lot of um, just a lot of great experiences. I was um, in ordering chemicals. I was in inventory control. I controlled inventory. I, I bought chemicals. I was a, and I also managed customer service. So I was in that 
men's world, you know, it's probably one of many girls there, but we were all in, you know, doing things for the company where we were just doing like orders and buying chemicals. And, but we were still in this men's world where everything was about, Hey, let's go for a drink. You know, let's, um, let's party after work. And it was just a really fun environment. Um, and then I decided to go on a mission and I served a mission in uh, Madrid in Spain for 18 months and I loved it and it changed my life to where I was like wow um when you have a righteous heart everything kind of takes place and that's what I started to develop in my life if I have a righteous heart then everything would just be fine um then I had the opportunity when I came back this uh owner of the company bought a facility in Salt Lake City and um keep in mind remember I said you know we there was always partying, so there was a lot of drinking. <laughs> it was, I love them. I, I love that part of, of that company. It was just such a fun place to be. Um, <clears throat> so he decided to send me to Salt Lake City because, first of all, I had just returned from a mission. I was LDS, right? And um, I wasn't a drunk. <laughs> He's like, you're not going to give us a bad name in Salt Lake City. <laughs> right on brother <laughs> right on and so I came to Salt Lake City and it was a culture shock for me I was shocked to see so many white people because that's what I called them in Los Angeles because yeah. you know I was the majority in Los Angeles <laughs> Mexican descent you know I was the majority I come here and I'm the minority what is that about uh, the gardeners, the, the people that did the gardens, uh, Moan Laud were white, you know, construction people were white <laughs> in 2001. I was like, where are the Mexicans? <laughs> so for two years, I hardly met any Hispanics in Salt Lake. And I was really sad about that. I do want to say that I did buy my first house when I was 24 years old because of this opportunity. I loved Utah so much that in Sandy, I decided to live in Sandy. I had good friends from my mission here. Um, and I decided to just buy a house because I didn't want to go back to Los Angeles. I didn't want to go back to that. In 2005, all my family moved out here little by little. And so we're all out here in Sandy now. And um, But what, what encouraged me to really um, look at my career was what kind of opportunities I was having here in Utah. First of all, I was managing the office here in Salt Lake as the customer service manager. Keep in mind, I was, I was 24 years old. I'm a woman, but back there, I was a girl. <laughs> and I was in a very male-dominant office. Every, I was the only girl for a long time. I brought my sister along, but I was the only girl in that office for a long time. And I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Um, I was managing men and I was this kid in their eyes. I was this girl in their eyes. And I didn't realize that there was a, like there was discrimination towards me behind closed doors. And um, I never realized that till I got older and I realized, oh my God, they did discriminate against me because I was, you know, a Hispanic woman in leadership position. But I never saw it that way because I saw it as what? An opportunity. 
And that's how I've always seen my life, an opportunity. And then that, that you know, I moved out of that part of my life in 2006. I went into the real estate world. Then I got into the banking world uh, because of my husband. Um, he used to work for KeyBank. And I got hired in KeyBank. And, um, and I, just, I just became this, this banker that for the first two years, for the first year, hated banking. I just didn't like it. I, I, from coming from the real estate world and now coming to a nine to five job, it was not what I wanted. It was really, really hard. Uh, and I realized I have to love it because I'm leaving my children at home with my mother-in-law. I need to love my job. And that's when everything turned. I realized that I had to came from love and from care with my clients. What is it that they're looking for? And why do they come to me? And what kind of value can I give them? And that's when I started becoming very, very successful in the banking industry world. And and then uh, five years ago, I came to Zions Bank and I've loved it ever since uh, because I've always been put in leadership positions where I can make a difference. Well, and it, it sounds like you wear a lot of different hats that you're not just doing yeah. banking. You have some other, mm-hmm. some other areas that you yes. work in. You know, Angela and John, about five years ago, I started doing some kind of change in my awareness. I started doing self-development more. I started doing my affirmations. I started realizing that, you know what, there's more to just this career. There's more to just this religion. There's just more to being a mom, being a wife. Uh, I felt like I put myself in so many boxes for so long that I was trapped in them. And I feel like every human being gets to that point where you're like, okay, I can't be one more thing. You know, I can't wear one more hat. But in the, at the same time, you're still piling on those hats, right? We don't know how to say no. And um, I started realizing I need to learn how to say no, and I need to have some peace within me. So for the past five years, I went into the self-development world. I became a life coach. I decided to focus on money mindset. I decided to focus on how I could come from love and not judgment, how I could turn my life around that way so I could accept more of the opportunities that come and choose the opportunities that come to me and not just accept everything that's dumped on me, right? And so today I'm doing a one more thing. (laughs) I'm doing a three-day seminar with uh, Dean Grisosi and Tony Robbins. And today he mentioned, Dean Grisosi mentioned, um, you, you don't need balance. You need integration. Like you and I were talking a little bit, Angela, how you got to stop balancing life and you got to integrate it into your life and accept it because you're never going to be the best of anything. If you're always thinking, how do I balance life out? Yeah. And I said, that's how I've been trying to figure things out. I, and for the past year, I've been like, there's no balance. But I didn't know that it was integration that I was doing already. It changes your... So that's how I... Yeah. It, it really does. Because then when you're home, you feel whole. Mm. You feel complete. When you're at work, you feel complete. There was many times, many nights that I would get home and I'm so tired and I felt like a failure because I was just watching Netflix and I thought, well, that went, the day went to crap. You know, I'm watching my dumb shows on Netflix. (laughs) I thought I was really productive today. (laughs) 
But then I realized that the dumb shows are the ones that make me smarter because <laughs> they dumb this brain down a little bit and that's okay sometimes. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've been doing lately. And I do wear many hats and I love every one of them right now because I've chose them. I love managing the bank. I love the leadership position that Zions Bank has given me. I love that I could hire the very best in our branches and I could hire people to go to the next level. And I think that's what makes me different in the banking industry where I see everybody's strength and not their weaknesses. And whenever I see a weakness, I always say, how do we make that into a strength? How do we make you better? And how do we move you to the next position? How do I let you make more money? Um, and I thought when I realized when you're a manager and you're given a budget, you could control people's wages. Wait, what? Wait, what? I could do what? You know, I could, I could actually influence somebody's wealth. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on your strength and I want you to make the very best money I can offer you. And that's what I do. You've mentioned before about a money mindset as an idea mm-hmm. that you, you talk about a lot when you're doing your coaching. And I'm curious, yes. I mean, just hearing you talk about <clears throat> this aspect as a leader, how, what, can you tell us more about the money mindset that you, that you share with people? And mm-hmm. Money mindset is very, is something that people don't talk about because people have really bad relationship with money, mm-hmm. really bad relationship with money. And what people don't understand is that money is energy. You give money its purpose and you give money its reason to be there in your life. You either work for it or you don't, or you complain about it or you don't, or you make it and you duplicate it, you triplicate it, you do whatever you want with it because it depends on your energy. Um, and it depends also too on the life that you believed all your life from your parents or your grandparents or leaders in your life that told you that money is evil or money doesn't grow on trees or money is this money. You know, it's always so negative. And um, I realized like, wait, I'm in the banking industry. I, I, I'm in a branch that deals with a lot of wealthy people, a lot of new money. Um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy watching the next millionaire I enjoy watching the next project they're doing. I enjoy funding their projects because because I love money and I'm in the money business and I don't apologize for asking you to bank with me because I want to manage your money. But, But if I had a problem with money, I would hate that person in front of me. I would loathe the rich in front of me. I would say, oh, they're so rich. And what about me? A lot of people think like that. And that is why some people can't keep money because they lose it all the time because of the way they think. And I just love seeing people's success. And that's why I preach about money mindset. Educate yourself about your bank account. Why don't you like looking at your online banking? Why don't you like looking at the balances? Who in your past told you that you don't deserve to have those healthy balances? Who in the past told you that you don't deserve to be wealthy or to be a doctor or to be a nurse or to be an attorney or to be an entrepreneur? Who in your life in the back told you 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 weren't that person? And so it comes to that self-development, the way that you need to process and 
let those people go and stop giving people the keys to your success. And that is one of the keys that people give their past, the, the key to their success, to loving and accepting money in their lives. So that's why I preach yeah. money mindset. I, I think people have a lot of limiting beliefs that um, they've, they've gathered over time from a variety of sources and, and because of those limiting beliefs, we shortchange our own potential. And that's what I'm hearing you talking about more than anything. And, and in some cases that may manifest in terms of financial wealth, but it could manifest in terms of other forms of success and wealth uh, beyond the financial. And ultimately, though, you know, we so many just get stuck in the circumstance that they find themselves in. You talked about your background. You you came from not the most ideal circumstances. Uh, even oh. earlier in your career, when in retrospect, you can look back and see that there was sexism, that there was some um, discrimination happening. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, it's not about burying your head in the sand and pretending like everything's okay when oh. it's not. That's not what we're talking about. But trying to set aside the limiting beliefs and lean into the positivity, um, leveraging the, the 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 aspects that are good and building off of those mm-hmm. uh, is usually going to get us farther than ruminating in the disadvantages that different people have for different reasons and the hard things that we have to deal with in life. Everyone has stuff. Everyone has messy things in their past and in their daily lives. Um, So ultimately it comes down to a choice and how are we going to uh, face those things and how are we going to move forward? And what I'm hearing from your story is a story of empowerment and fulfillment and also helping others around you to to do the same things, which I think is wonderful. Thank you, John. And adding to that, I feel like as women, we have to help other women. And um, and I and I invite a lot of women in leadership positions to really be that person that helped that other person move forward, to be that person that believed in that person. And I'm not just saying women, this is men. I have a wonderful teller here. And, and he was a, a warehouse worker at Smith's and I, I gave him a chance and I said, I don't know if this kid's going to be great, but you know what? He has a great attitude and you're in. And he's been, he's my best teller. I love him. And we, and we just nurture him, all these women, because the rest of us are all girls. We just nurture him and we love him. Um, uh, too bad he's just part-time or else I would be like, Hey, he could be your next, he could be the, our next manager, mm-hmm. but he, that's not where he's going. But um, the women in my, in my, um, in my branch is I'm empowering them. And I always tell my boss, my direct, uh, uh, I said, listen, you know, you're, I'm not, I'm not training an employee. I'm training your next leader. I'm training your next branch manager or your next, whatever you want. I, I need to empower these people to be the very best because if when I'm gone, I don't know who they will have here. I don't know who will believe in them. I don't know who's going to nurture them to have a great, good path in their career. But while I'm here, you better believe it. That's the person. I'm going to be that person that's going to give them that next opportunity, give them that next, the next best raise for their economic wealth. Absolutely. Well, listening to you, I, I hear so many good leadership skills that are just coming out with the mindfulness you have. And I think there's so much to gain from 
I mean, I wish we could have even more time to just talk about the different aspects that you're taking in terms of nurturing as a leader and helping to develop new leaders. So it's, it's really incredible to hear your story and, and what you're doing. Thank you, Angela. Well, Dora, I note the time uh, we could probably talk all day. Yeah, you're a fascinating <laughs> individual, great story. Thank you so much for the insights, the many, um, the many elements that you shared with us today. Before we wrap things up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and find out more about your work, uh, especially around yeah. your your life coaching and your leadership coaching and money mindset coaching. I think that would be fantastic to hear more about that. Uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, so they can reach me. I mean, they could call my cell phone, text me. They could email me at dora.lopez at zionfag.com. And they can reach me at that or my personal email, which I don't mind giving out is doralopezholmes at gmail.com. Um, one thing I, I do want to add is that um, we should never limit ourselves. And the moment those limiting beliefs come in, the limited of anything comes into our minds, we got to turn it around. And that is learning where we're at with our vibrations, with how we feel, with our emotions. I always tell my children, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be depressed. You're allowed to be moping around like a teenager that you are, but I don't want you to stay there. Don't stay there because if you stay there, you won't progress. So one thing I could say to everyone is don't stay in your limited beliefs. Find help. Find a way out. Find mentors. Find a good book to read. Um, reach out to anybody that could help you get out and, and go into those high vibration emotions like happiness and joy and hope and all those loving, beautiful emotions that we could go to right away when we have a bad thought or a bad limited belief. We could turn it around in two seconds. Mine is I go to, you know, the first day I met my baby, you know, all right, cry because I have to go that far. Remember that I need to get out of those limited. And it's so sensitive to me because there's so many people suffering. So many people looking for that. For that desire to get out of those limited beliefs. And they don't have a way out because they imprison their minds. And we are our own prisoners because our minds are so strong. And we need to learn how to loosen that up. And that is how we could get out of anything that is negative. We just have to have an outcome to say, okay, I have a way out because I could change my vibration. I could change my emotion. I could go into a better memory. I could go into remembering something that was so happy in my life. And that would just turn everything around. That's wonderful, (laughs) Dora. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. It's a pleasure to be with both of you. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Dora can do for you. And as always, we hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And we hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.